that's all a part of the journey. So I think that it's really powerful to be willing to stumble along a little bit, you know, in the commitment, the dedication to playing bigger, to having a more successful business, the more successful your business, the more people you can impact. And a lot of times, many people don't make that choice because they feel so scared of what if they look like a fool? What if their buttons are unbuttoned, right? Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 544. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. And I'm thrilled to introduce today's guest, Michelle Copper. Michelle, you and I had so much fun talking before we push record that I didn't even ask us if Copper, Copper? Copper. Okay, thank you. The K confused me for a second. I know that <laughs> we were talking about this, that, and every other thing, technology, <laughs> one tab, launches, affiliate programs, uh, video. That's just, <laughs> just to give you an idea, we could touch on any number of those things today. But Michelle is the founder, owner, and CEO of the Inspired Voice Business Coaching and Vanport Square Studio. But I know that your path to get to where you are today is a little bit fun. Yeah. And I'm sure it was a, a bit interesting. But Michelle, would you share where you were before here or a little bit? Yeah, I would love to. Thanks for asking. I want to say I'm so grateful to be here and uh, love the show and I love the real energy that you bring to it. So thank you for having me. I was a professional performer for I still am, I guess, for 20 or 30 years. Uh, since I was 17 years old, I felt I followed a journey as a professional actor and eventually singer-songwriter in New York City. And how that, I think that's uh, unique in, as it relates to my journey today is that I was that I felt called to be on stage and perform from a very young age, but I was also really stopped by a lot of fear, flat out terror when it came to stage fright and being able to do what I felt called to do. So I did have a long journey as a professional actor in New York City for about 17 years and uh, was able to do uh, a lot of healing around finding and freeing my voice and my creative gifts. And that all made me, I think, uh, very much ready to come and do what I feel is my truest calling, which is helping other people find and free their voice, their self-expression, then give voice to their work in the world in the biggest possible way. So yeah, I did a bunch of TV commercials and performed with my rock band all over New York City and still do sometimes use my music and my eventual uh, ability to really be able to perform in every way that I wanted to after a long journey of finding and freeing my own permission and healing blocks and fears I had around being seen and heard. And so I use those superpowers of imagination and all of the training that I've had in theater and music to help entrepreneurs and coaches and healers to really find and free their unique creative gifts and create programs, products and services that make the world a better place and, uh, and help everyone expand and uplift the world together. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. And let me tell you why. Okay. I have been struggling with getting on video for oh. listeners who have been here for a while. You've heard me talk about it before. Oh my oh. gosh. I just picked up a little bit of the Ohio Southern like for a while. Um, <laughs> my family laughs at me. I'm from upstate New York. So when they hear the, the Ohio creep in, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you've been living out there for a while, Kim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I've been, I've been resistant to getting on video yeah. because, well, let's just face it. I have a, I'm a mom of five. And some days I'm lucky if I can get the kids out the door with my husband before my first call starts. And I know people could say, well, just get up a little bit earlier. I value my sleep. Okay. I, I am here in my ridiculous hot pink pajama pants recording this call. I love but it. I, I would love to just, I was about to say have the balls, have the boobs. Okay. To just turn on the camera and be like, this is, this is real. Okay. This is mompreneur life. Yeah, but I'm still getting out there and sharing my mission and my vision and my message mm -hmm. from my pajama pants. And while I yeah. do it through my podcast right now, yeah, like there's where my paralyzing stage fright comes in. Although it's not stage, it's video. My video fright comes in mm -hmm. because I mean I can't even imagine. Like I'm trying to see if I can see a reflection right now. I can't even imagine how many different directions my hair is sticking up right now. <laughs> The joys of podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. But I think it would be refreshing to some people. Yes, this is, you can be in your pajamas, you can have five kids, you can have a podcast, you can have a business with 10 people, and you can still share your mission from your pajamas. And it's okay. I love it. And I think that you are really clear in your authenticity with your brand. And I do encourage people to let go of some of the perfectionism. But I think that it's worth uh, talking a little bit about the fact that the, the camera video or otherwise really is a heightened vulnerability. So the, the truth is that the camera does magnify everything. And we are all aware when we um, are in on you know when that record button goes live our body knows it we know when we're being watched and we know that the camera is on and so it feels different it really is vulnerable now that can be a thing that stops us dead in our tracks like you said or it can also be uh, one of the most powerful tools we have to really deeply connect with the audience that vulnerability and that heightened intimacy is why video is so powerful so in answer to your question, I think what it's great to have a quick kind of go to get ready, right? So one of the things that I love to encourage people to do, I, you know, was trained in makeup and hair and that kind of stuff as part of my theater training. But I don't want to do that every day either. And uh, the older I get, the more I like to have a little bit of makeup on. And I'm also a mom. So uh, balancing the need to really feel like I look my best and pull it together with the more important message of, you know, getting my message and work out there and being able and ready to hop on a quick video. That's a choice I may make in any moment in any given day. <laughs> but having a quick kind of go to system like I know if I put my hair up in a thing, put on some earrings and a little bit of lipstick, I'm good to go. I know some people will say, you know, that's what sunglasses and lipstick are for. So you can do a, a quick video uh, uh, without feeling like you have to get all dolled up. But um, I've also really, you know, encouraged people to go and have like their quick, 
you know, it's going to be a little bit of mascara and a little bit of lipstick. And you know what the truth is? The guys don't have to do this. It's really <laughs> us ladies that sometimes feel a little better put, pulling ourselves together. So if you can have your favorite color of lipstick and a pair of earrings and a nice hair claw and know that you're ready to jump into that, it can be very empowering if there's a real obstacle around, I don't want to have to put, pull myself together. And then also just having a structure, as you probably know, as the uh, systems person that you are around, uh, I'm going to do my, my recordings on a set day. So if you're pre-recording videos rather than going live, you can really record a bundle of videos in a couple of days a month, for example, and then have that content ready to go. And uh, if you're going live, I think that there is value in showing up you know, in the moment of inspiration without necessarily pulling yourself together, I do a lot of live videos and have a quick system that takes me about three minutes to pull myself together and feel okay about it. And sometimes I just hop in in my jammies <laughs> with no makeup on and I'm like, I had to tell you this. And it's an opportunity for me to have even more vulnerability and authenticity. And I think that that is one of the reasons that my audience trusts me and likes me is because they can relate. And I think you do that as well, Kim. So it is part of your relatability. Michelle, I'm not at all worried about the mascara and the lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually worried about the under eye circles. And that's why I don't do it more. Because yeah. I, I enforce over and over again how important sleep is to yeah. me and how important it should be to everybody else. Right. I have just become aware that and, and this is Okay, this episode is not going out for a little bit after we record. And I'm going through this journey of more healthily, healthily eating. Yeah. I think I'm making up words here. Right. Eating but it's well. been, a, yeah, exactly. I should be like, I, I'm going through a journey of taking myself off of wheat, corn and dairy. Yeah. And it's to the point now where like, I'm getting, this is not at all applicable to video, but like, I get this really ridiculous rash on my elbow. When I eat one of those, I don't know which one it is. So I really oh. should just take myself off of all three and be done with it. And I've, I tried, but I fell off the wagon when I traveled recently. Yeah. But anyway, I heard that when I actually get my diet in order, then my under eye circles will start going away. But in the meantime, I look like a mombi. I mean, my kids actually called me mombi. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, warts and all, right, Kim? Exactly. Warts, warts under eye circles and all. But I think I just need to pull not pull the plug plug in the plug what's the opposite yeah. of pulling the plug uh plugging in turning plugging on in. i call it the record and release method too if i'm really shy about recording i just you just jump in record and if you need a couple of warm-ups that you're you're not even ever going to watch or use it might help you grow your confidence i will say too that having a nice lighting. You can buy so many quick little clip lights or if you have a studio, if you're making a lot of videos, but you don't need to even brighten uh, natural daylight. Indirect daylight can be really powerful. And having your camera just a little bit higher and angled a little bit down and having the right light on your face can make a world of difference in the under eye circles. So you and I were just at this event together. Well, a couple. Oh, there it is. I was about to say that one of the sponsors gave away these clip lights. Oh, great. But I brought it home and then yeah. it disappeared. But right when I was about to say that, I looked across the office and see where and, and see and saw where it disappeared to. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. I'll have to pull that out and figure out how to clip it up. A little bit of light there yeah. in front of you is going to do wonders. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where do you think stage fright comes from? 
I think it's a combination of it's really, you know, where all fright comes from in terms of, you know, we don't most often have to in in America today, we don't most often have to run from the saber toothed tiger, but uh, we do fear being judged and we do fear being not good enough. And we do fear that exposed feeling, getting kicked out of the cave, if you will. It's that reptile brain that's left. And so we don't want people to judge us. We don't want people to laugh at us. We don't want to people to think that we're a fake or a fraud or a phony. And uh, it is a muscle that we have to build of stepping in and owning our voice and our message and our mission. You know, hair and circles under your eyes pale in comparison to the value of what you can bring and the people who need to hear your message. But I think for a lot of us, when it comes to really stepping up and shining our light bright on stage, on camera, in our business, it is vulnerable as all heck. So that we are, it comes down to that fear of the, the imposter syndrome and or just being not good enough, saying the wrong thing, somebody's already said it better, we compare our insides to other people's outsides, and it's scary. It's just one of the most vulnerable things I think that we can do is to stand in our gifts and our message and be willing to share them in the biggest possible way. Mm. So I signed up for BeLive, what is it, BeLive.tv, about a month ago. And I was so excited to get on. I got on in the Positive Productivity Facebook group just for a test to see how it worked. And all of a sudden, my eyes started twitching. (laughs) Like, it would not stop the whole whole live. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And it was, like, so noticeably twitchy to me. It was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Just run away from me now. And as soon as I pushed stop, it stopped. Yeah. And it's the flight response. I right? felt like I was prepared, but my eye all of a sudden just wants to run off my face. Yeah. Like, and then our body knows, our body reacts to that feeling of being observed and the stakes go up. And if you have any inclination towards uh, perfectionism, that is one of the things that silenced me for years. I knew that I could be a great singer and that's what I wanted to be. But the thought of making even one tiny wrong sound that didn't feel good or strong or true or free felt like I would die. We really, it felt like I would die. So I'm using an extreme example, but I'm, that, I'm not kidding. It really did feel like I would die. And so overcoming and healing that, I realized that the power was to going in, in going to the next note. So whether or not you have that level of perfectionism active right now, your body really knows when you're being observed and the stakes go up a little bit. And it's, and it's when we hit record on a video, it is being recorded and we know it and, and you will get used to it. It probably won't happen over and over again as you get more used to your body, your nervous system actually gets used to being on camera more, that will slip away and won't happen as much. But it's really a nervous system response. Thank you. Now I at least have an explanation. Like I I might just have to find a meditation or something. I would say do lives, do five lives in a row, and it probably will go away. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe now that I've cut back the podcast from seven to, to two, like there will be that time now because I'm not always going to be frantically jumping from one podcast recording to the next. And like, it, it's so amazingly freeing. So yeah. you overcame or you worked on your own paralyzing stage, right? Yeah. And then what happened next? Like, how did you get to here? Yeah, I started... 
teaching at uh, one of the teachers that I found to help me heal that. I started teaching at her studio and quickly came to realize, and then uh, she closed that studio and I continued my own teaching studio in New York. And at first I was working primarily with performers. And uh, then I started realizing the, the power and the healing of these performance tools. And I started inviting people who never thought they would ever, uh, for example, sing in front of people or people who wanted to get more confident speaking or people who wanted to have a bigger voice in their in their job or people who wanted to feel free to express themselves. And they would come kind of like, oh, my gosh, what if I, you know, I say that some people go jump out of airplanes and that's kind of an exhilarating, thrill seeking, death defying activity to experience. And then some of us stand and sing alone in front of people <laughs> and uh, that that it's equal vulnerability. So I started teaching that process, helping people find and free their voice about 25 years ago in New York. And I really found a passion for helping the people who never thought they could or never thought they would or would never dare. And uh, I realized quickly through that process that helping others to that so many people could benefit from, you know, the courage and the skills and the determination, but also the deep healing that I was able to have and uh, the space that I was able to hold for people to be brave and to be imperfect and to allow themselves to really be seen deeply, fully and, and heard their sounds, their voice, their words, their ideas. And, and we do that today through written, through recorded, through spoken words. And I started teaching that teaching studio and I, that, that business evolved over really over 20 years to reaching out to people who wanted to have that kind of thrilling experience around uh, singing, but also to find and free their voice and people's lives change. People uh, get new jobs and have new relationships and heal relationships in their family as they find and free their voice. So I really wanted to get the the deep transformation that's possible through our sounds and our words and our self-expression out to as many people as possible. And uh, I discovered the online world in the uh, interest of making what was a business that was constantly struggling and striving. I can only be in the room with eight people at a time for so many hours and so many days and so many years. And uh, I discovered that uh, the online coaching industry really for me uh, I stepped into it and started considering that about five, four years ago, four and a half years ago. And uh, that led me to realizing that these were, you know, people, coaches, healers, consultants, authors, speakers are people who feel called like I did and always have and have a big vision that is important that they want to bring and contribute in a big way to the world. And so I began I went online, you know, four years ago and started creating more training programs and products and group coaching and speaking more uh, to help more people in a bigger, you know, in a bigger way to, to get my work out there. So that's the short story of the evolution. And it was also about, you know, under earning for a long time and struggling and striving to fill these teaching studios and uh, learning. And my own journey continued in terms of being willing to play bigger, being willing to be more public and more uh, visible. And because of my journey around healing that stage fright, I have this toolkit that not that most people don't have when it comes to really taking up, you know, giving giving voice to their work, taking a stand for their message and their mission. And, and uh, I basically did <laughs> some hardcore uh, marketing training and discovered that uh, those tools are 
very much interrelated, the storytelling tools and the, and the theater craft and, and combined with this uh, ability to free our persona. We have a public persona, you have a podcast persona, and then you have a mom persona, right? We all play these different roles. And just seeing how it all came together, I became very excited and, and it had a lot of rapid growth. A lot of people felt hungry for the message and I felt like I could reach and serve more people. So I jumped in and started coaching online and now I get to help people all over the world instead of just the people who walk into my studio in New York or Portland. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I, I, you've made me think about my own journey Ooh. from the beginning to now, because I mean, when I was just, well, even when I was still working the full-time job while working on building the business, mm-hmm. the blog articles that I wrote were what I thought other people wanted. Yeah, I, There was no part of, I mean, there was some me in there, but there really was little. The podcast yeah. episodes at the beginning were the ones that I thought other people wanted. There was less me in there. Yeah, and, I mean, even every single episode that I get on with a guest like this one, it's mm. a different me <laughs> at the very, yeah. in the first 10 seconds yeah. when I, when I'm coming in, like I'm going to have to think about that. So now that the podcast is more me and now that the blog is more me, maybe I just need to go through that slow journey of finding me in video. And if it's me without my concealer, then maybe that's what it will be at the beginning. And as my kids learn how to get up and serve themselves breakfast and dress themselves, then, you know, I'll have more time and maybe my own bathroom that I don't have to fight with them in the morning to take a shower and all that nice stuff. Because I really would love to be, this is going to sound, I don't think hypocritical is the right word. Like I want to be me, but I want to be the (laughs) more camera friendly me, which I guess isn't as me because people who know me know that Makeup touches my face only a couple times a week, if even that, you know, but at least a shower would be nice. You know, I think it's a balance, Kim, between, you know, just showing up how you are and who you are and then also feeling great about yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and what feels really good for you in that day. And your message and your mission is more is the most important thing. And so when we show up and we're willing to serve and also what we focus on so when we're peaceful and uh, have our own permission to show up how we are, you know, that how we feel about ourselves is absolutely picked up by the camera. So if we're thinking about those under eye circles and I look like hell today, but I'm going to go ahead and show up, that's going to be captured. But if we're also like, I'm well rested and I'm here and I'm serving, then we actually people start to even look better to themselves, I think. And then oh, I love that the world. Yeah, right. If you can own your inner beauty and the power and the beauty of your message and your mission and let that just trump everything, right? It was like takes, that's the whole point. It's an incredible tool of permission so yeah. that you have your own permission to step up and stand up. It's a way to alleviate the whole perfectionism and the self-consciousness that is totally natural about being on camera. Right. For the listeners who haven't heard me talk about it before, I've been an icon at New Media Summit three times now. Mm-hmm. And in September of 2017, that was the first time I, I had gone. Well, that was the first time altogether. But it was mm-hmm. the first time I had really gone to an event since I became Infusionsoft certified three years prior to that. And I was out of my skin to the point that I even bought clothes that I wouldn't have normally even worn. Mm-hmm. And it showed. Like people knew like people could feel from the September 2017 event to the April 2000 
2018 event. Mm -hmm. This was a different Kim because in April I was wearing my clothes. (laughs) Like my hair, I don't even know what was going on in my hair in the September 2017 event. But let me, (laughs) in not being myself, this is horrifying. I've never even shared this. I was sitting at a table. We were doing the pitches a whole different way. And I was wearing this outfit that I wouldn't have normally worn. And I looked down at one point and a lot more buttons than I would have preferred were were unbuttoned. But I think those are, you know, when we're really out of our skin and we're not doing things for the true purpose of what we're going for, then those things are going to happen a lot more often. Yeah. So that taught me, like, why are you wearing these clothes that you're not even comfortable in the first place? Because if you were wearing your comfortable clothes, then your boobs wouldn't be hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be real. I mean. Right. And so it's about finding the balance between our comfortable clothes and are we going to wear our pink fuzzy jammies to the conference, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think it's about having this idea of a public. I really like this idea of my public persona. It gives me permission to, like, step forward in my, you know in a public way. And then my, you know, my, my private persona. And I, that doesn't mean that we, we're not becoming somebody fake in front of other people. And I love, I hear such a couple of things in your story. That's like, first of all, you said, I'm going to step up. I'm going to go to this conference. I'm going to play bigger. I'm going to build this business. I'm going to make something. And you put on some clothes to try that out. You know, it was a costume that you explored. And that was part of your journey to coming to where you are now, like more aligned with your wardrobe choices and you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin. So it is definitely a journey of coming to be more ourselves but we do have different selves, right? You're a different self with mom and the kids and getting them out to school than you are when you're hosting in the podcast. And then you are on stage at this amazing event where you're now an icon because you chose to go to that event and wear those clothes that you discovered aren't really your style. Yeah, it's all a part of the journey. So I think that it's really powerful to be willing to stumble along a little bit, you know, in the commitment, the dedication to playing bigger, to having a more successful business, the more successful your business, the more people you can impact. And a lot of times, many people don't make that choice because they feel so scared of what if they look like a fool? What if their buttons are unbuttoned, right? So I just love that you shared that and that you went on that journey and that you've now come full circle. And even again, with the shifting in your podcast of coming more true to yourself, adding and bringing, you know, continued huge value to your audience. And uh, I just think that's fantastic. And that's the work some, some of us never get to do because we don't step into that uh, whole sense of playing bigger, but that you did ultimately come around to be more who you are, more of yourself. And that's where the magic is. When we align that, uh, the vision and the message with our audience and our need, you know, and our, and our more authentic self, you know, like, who are you? Who is your public persona? Who is your, your inner visionary? And, and what are they here to share? And then how do you want to step into that? And you get to evolve and grow along the way and find the clothes that fit you, right? Michelle, I just had a huge like bang in my head. Because when I was getting my coffee this morning, I realized that there was a package on the counter that somebody forgot to tell me came in the mail yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it just occurred to me in a previous episode of the podcast, I spoke with the founder of The Best Day Ever. 
and they have a whole clothing line that says the best day ever and i was like i need one of your hoodies yeah to wear during all my live streams he's like oh i'll hook you up just give me your address and i'll hook you up well that just happened to come yesterday and i didn't realize it until i was getting my coffee this morning so okay i have no excuse now i have the hoodie I mean, I can make up excuses, you know, nonstop, but that is going to be my, we're recording this in November and it's not going to go up for a couple months, but you know, I've got my, I told him I wanted something to wear all through the winter while I'm doing live streams. And he's like, yep. So I have no excuse. I told him I was going to do it. He fulfilled his end. I got to fulfill mine and I can get out there and share the mission and in a hoodie, it can be one of those Mombi days and not be out of sync. Absolutely. And your light shines bright when you let it. So yep. no matter what you look like on the outside, when you let that light shine bright, you will be and feel more beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you also have a treasure trove of content ideas for all of your live streams from all of these amazing interviews that you've done going in and sharing tips and tools on all these amazing topics and all these amazing tools is a you have an endless volume of content that actually serves your tribe and that you can share you know insights and I remember when I recorded this episode where I was and here's what I've learned and you just got so much uh, great stuff right there for you to hop in and, and make some quick Uh, video content for folks that are going to get even more benefit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can hear that in the background. There's a cat talking. (laughs) It's never like a dull moment around here. I could pull content from that cat right now. (laughs) Reason number 5001 that you have to have an efficient functioning honeydew list for your spouse. (laughs) Because then that cat would be fixed and not sounding like that during a podcast. We had two kittens go into heat. We bought, we we adopted two kittens and they went into heat three or four times before we figured out that they were never going to go out until we got them fixed. So I feel your pain. Uh Yeah. He actually said to me this morning, he's like, "Uh, when is, when is that next clinic? And I said, it was today. You were supposed to fill out the paperwork (laughs) and take them in. I said, that's been on your honeydew list. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you most excited about in what you're doing now? Well, I'm most excited because I have um, been, you know, helping people to come into their visibility. You know, I've studied with some masters and I and I support some amazing uh, online business strategists. And I see people, you know, struggling to find the the next thing that's going to make their business go or help them to get more uh, traction in their business and a lot of people really wanting visibility. And so what came through just my inspiration and creative vision this summer was, was I wrote my my first ebook, which is very exciting. It's called Your Powerful Presence, How to Get Clients, Gain Influence and Become a Successful Leader Online. And it has, you know, evolved from a program that I have been running for a year and uh, I'm really loving seeing people find their alignment with their message, their gift, their thing they want to bring through, and their audience. And that's just really exciting me and juicing me up. And I'm having a lot of opportunity to share that work and, and to, to speak on stages and, and share in a bigger way that particular piece of the puzzle so that 
It really uses all of this, the training that I have on presence and owning your self-expression combined with business. You talked about, you know, like creating podcasts based on what you think the people wanted and, and then coming more into yourself. And I'm really excited and inspired when I see people finding the balance between the language and the desires of their ideal audience and their gifts. So learning and seeing people really bring that messaging piece together and then share it in the biggest possible way for them. So the other thing I've seen a lot of people doing is trying to be on every new technology and on every new platform and getting lost in the the technology rather than really honing in on what works for them? Where do they, first of all, come alive? What feels easy and connected for them? And what pieces do they have in place? And so instead of trying to do everything to really hone their visibility marketing and and their messaging in on their biggest passion, aligned with their audience's hopes and dreams, desires and pain, but not, but becoming more who they are and closer and aligned and empowered with their message in a way that still really deeply resonates with their audience. So I'm seeing people doing that and supporting people in doing that. And uh, it's really, (laughs) it's my reason, you know, (laughs) it's my why for sure, to see people grow in their confidence and their charisma and their clarity around what they're here to do and uh, getting clients, getting traction, having a repeatable way to do that, that isn't spreading themselves too thin, as you mentioned earlier, you know. I just breathed a big sigh right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is really, you know, a streamlined sy- system that's unique to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm really enjoying helping people get that traction. And that's what I'm learning from my own mistakes. I was like, okay, I'm going online. I'm going to do this and do that and do this and do that and do this. And I was everywhere and with no clients. So people thought like, you're everywhere. You must be having this great business. And I was like, I'm everywhere. But what's that part about, you know, having that great business? You know, when does that part start? And uh, so realizing through my own journey that, Um, I had some fears around making offers and inviting and really honing in on my alignment with my gift and my message and the needs of my clients and bringing them together. So that's been, uh, you know, I'm a very, (laughs) I've worked very intuitively. I've done a lot of healing and energy work to find and free my voice. And so seeing that come together and get people real results in momentum and clients and seeing other people who want to uplift the world get traction is pretty much the whole thing for me. It it moves me to tears. I just want to give you a big hug. Oh, thank you. I've recently discovered that, well, you know, I've said it over and over again over the last two years of the podcast. I've said it over and over again on my blog, but there's so many, do as I say, not as I do. Okay, people, because I have until just recently been about quantity over quality and being everywhere and anywhere with no set path and goal leads to broken broken and that's exactly what I was I mean I'm digging out of the broken broken hole right now good for (laughs) you it's painful but it also like I've realized that my way out has to be letting go a lot of stuff that I or my team should not be doing or delegating it to team the stuff that we should be doing. And I just don't need to do myself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a constant journey, right? Oh my gosh, it is. Yeah. Every single day. 
I I know that you are supporting some big business owners and their businesses. So I personally would love to know how you balance working in and maybe in is not the right word, but in your clients' businesses versus working on your own. Like how do you make sure that you have time to be working on your stuff in the hecticness of your client stuff? Maybe you're not letting it get <laughs> No, I'm definitely in hectic. I've been looking at how I can kind of rewire myself a little bit because I'm so programmed to create these kind of pressure-filled deadlines in order to get things done. So I've actually been looking at how can I let go of more of that and get allow myself the abundance of getting a few months ahead, like it sounds like you are. So it's a great question. You know, some of it is through simple time management and, and having really clear, solid boundaries. And I would say that I, for me, it's a, a work in progress for sure. I have a, a handful of elite VIP one-on-one clients. That's my business they get the first portion of my time in any given week because I really love so much going for the deep dive transformation and success with other people. And then I, I'm on a, a team and I really focus on having clear boundaries and expectations, you know, and that honestly comes from uh, self-expression skills, right? Learning how to, first of all, honor my time. So when I block out time, and I'm still getting better at this, keeping my promises to myself when I have, for example, I'm uh, up leveling content in a digital program right now, which means I'm creating videos and slide decks and doing that. And really, when I have that time blocked out, not letting myself get sucked into the other details of running my business or get distracted by stepping into supporting one of my clients. So it's about keeping promises to ourselves. And I'm really, you know, I, I'm a recovering beat myself upper. (laughs) Me too. I should be doing better. I should be doing more. And uh, I really don't do that anymore because that never worked. I was actually just talking to my teenage son who was like, I know I should be doing this. And then I feel guilty for not doing it. And then I don't want to do it. And I'm like, well, the whole beating ourselves up thing, I have never had success. That has not been what has helped me change or transform. So to thinking of it more as how do I want to honor myself? How am I keeping promises to myself? And letting that be a piece coming from a place of integrity and self-care rather than uh, the shoulds, you know, shooting on myself. And uh, so I'm, I'm walking that every day. That's a choice I make every day. But it starts with, you know, trying to have uh, abundant timelines so that I allow myself the real time that I need. And I, I don't, <laughs> but I have the vision. Oh, who, do you think anybody really does? If they're going to be honest, do you think every, anybody really does? Yeah. And you know what? There's a gift in those deadlines that I give myself. It's part of kind of life in the theater, right? The opening night happens for a reason. And tech week is the week before opening night and everything falls apart. It's crazy. There's 25 things you haven't figured out yet how you're going to do during the show. And you got to just like make it happen. And you have opening night. And sometimes it's awesome. And sometimes it's three days later that the opening night show happens. But that deadline is a really powerful tool. So I kind of went off on a tangent there, I think, but it's a balance, you know, and having more time isn't always going to get me where I need to go either. So I really think of it as just like trying to have more manageable timelines. And then, you know, as I, it seems that you're so great at too, perfect is done perfectly imperfect. 
get it out there. And that's where you get clarity is in action. You implement and do and do it live and send those emails and make those videos and put it out there and you will get more clear. Your message will evolve. You will evolve. Your business will evolve. This idea of kind of wanting to get everything wrapped up in a tidy bow and then present it to the world is a trap and a lie, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, just last week, as of the day that this episode goes live, last week, episode 540 with Shannon Adkins, when I recorded that one, she gave me a huge aha. Now, when this episode does actually go live, and I mean you and me, Michelle, mm-hmm. it's going to have been four months since that episode with Shannon was recorded, but we were talking about the ideal client experience. Like, what do we expect our clients to experience when they're working with us? And then I took it to also mean, what do we expect when we're working with a client? Because they're often we forget about that, that we can expect from our clients as much as the other way around. Like, don't be texting me at one o'clock in the morning, because I'm not going to respond. And if you keep on texting me, I'm going to tell you to stop texting me at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But I realized because the whole topic of the the episode was how to get referrals without asking. Mm. And it just, everything that I've been going through the, for the past month or two months all came full circle because I realized, number one, I'm not delegating. So I'm trying to do too much. Number mm-hmm. two, I can't give my clients the best experience if I'm trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to fully admit right now, like I'm, and I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I, I hope that some of you listeners will understand, like, I actually have to go refund a client today because their work got buried in a whole bunch of emails and it wasn't properly delegated like it should have been. And I feel horrible, but that turned into my team and I actually creating a document that's called the ideal client experience. Like what do we expect of ourselves from here on out to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And when we can actually have that and we're no longer chasing our tail, then heck yeah, yeah it's going to be really awesome. When you were talking about your slide deck, that was <laughs> something that I just realized this week. I need to delegate out because I'm about to launch two programs. Yeah. And if I let myself get, it will be, I'll dig my whole myself a hole called Canva and spend yeah. hours creating my slide deck when I don't need to. I can just record the audio, give it to my graphic designer and say, hey, here. Yeah. Make it look good. Yep. I've been doing that. I've been sitting here through, you know, my, my, I don't have a 10 person team yet. So, and I've been, you know, seeing how I'm moving through it. And part of it is how I create. So I create visually and I think about the experience just coming from a theater background, but yeah, absolutely delegating those things. And, and my, where are my high value actions is an incredibly empowering place and to lead the business rather than getting lost in the details of running the business. Oh, that's so fascinating that you create visually because I actually, when I try to create visually first and then, and I know we don't need to read from a script, but like pushing the button that says go live, it like, well, you can hear it right now. It just stops me all up and I just can't. So I actually will just create a quick outline yeah, and I, and I fall off of it many times, and then I just bring myself back. Mm-hmm. But I'll just vocalize the whole module or whatever I'm doing, and then I'll go plop the slides on top. And that just—I love the different creation styles—is what I'm trying to say. 
totally. Because that way doesn't work. Your way doesn't work for me. But mm-hmm. I realize that my way may not work for a lot of other people. Yeah. And it's about finding what works for mm-hmm. you, and knowing your strengths and building them. I mean, sometimes I think there's still a paradigm where we try and get good at everything and try and uh, do things, you know, feel like we have to do it all on our own or just try feel like our, our work is to keep improving our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And it's actually much more effective to, you know, focus on your strengths. It doesn't mean that we're not always wanting to learn and grow in, in new ways. But in business, I think that the acceleration and the rapid visibility and the connection with our audience, when we're really doing the part that's so good for us and the, that we're so good at that comes naturally to us, that knowing your style, I think, is a huge breakthrough for any business owner, just that you so clearly articulated, you know how it works for you. And uh, I think that's cool. Thank you for bringing up, you know, not working on our weaknesses, because I have fallen victim to that. Well, even this morning, (laughs) to be totally honest, like I was fascinated by by an article. And first I forwarded it to my team and said, look this up and tell me what I should know. And then I was like, no, I should probably read that. No, I really didn't need to read that. And it was five minutes that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. What is one strength that you would love to work on that you have right now? One strength of mine that I would love to work on. You know, what's so funny. What just pops into my mind is, you know, I've been a singer songwriter for a long time and it was part of my journey. Um, Having these songs dropped in, drop into my head was, I had this kind of divine realization that if I didn't share the songs, then they would just never exist. And nobody would ever hear them because they were dropping into my head. And that was a part of how I kind of uh, felt obligated almost. Like it was part of my spiritual journey to find and free my voice. And when you asked me that question, I immediately thought of a few weeks ago, I do a weekly Facebook Live in my Facebook group. And I was starting to write the little promo event copy for that. And all of a sudden, this song came in. And when you ask me, what is one strength of mine that I would like to work on and make more room for in my business? And it is this gift of song. And I recently worked with an astrologer who I met at New Media Summit. And uh, he was talking about, you know, bringing that music into my marketing. So I was sitting there on this Facebook Live about to go live. And I was like, and on this week's Give Voice to Your Vision, we're going to stop the spinning wheel. We're going to get real. And it is clarity you'll feel. And this whole song came out. And so I've been singing that now at the beginning of my, not the whole song, but I shared the whole song. So I love that question because I think that I would really love to bring You know, being able to sing is something that I longed for from a cellular level since I was born and I couldn't do for the better part of, you know, 30 years in the way that I wanted to with freedom, with confidence. And I can now. And that's part of why I do the work that I do. So thank you for that amazing question. I would love to continue to bring uh, my gift for song. I've written songs for clients, you know. I would love to continue to build that and bring that. And and that wasn't up for me until you asked the question. Oh, I love that. Because I'm also thinking about another New Media Summit connection, Maggie Hunts, who's a performer. Mm -hmm. And she sings about diabetes, which is so like, amazing. It's charming. And it's powerful because those long sounds of music 
react in people's brains differently than the spoken word. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get people's attention right away. It's like, wait a second. This isn't just, you know, Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> no, this is this is somebody singing. I mean, you're walking down a street in Manhattan and you hear a street performer. Yeah. They're going to get your attention as long as you don't have your earbuds up all the yeah. way. And yeah. we remember things. That's why there's jingles, right? Mm-hmm. The songs stick in our in our minds and we remember things. And also that's why they, you know, used to maybe use music in education, right? Like we, it is a, it is a powerful tool for us to, for information to really sink deeply in to the heart. I've had conjunction function. No, conjunction, junction. What's your function in my head all the last week? Yep, exactly. And then I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, love it, right? Schoolhouse Rock, sure. Yeah, yeah, and, my, and the jingles that we've heard over years and years and years, you know. Yeah, I was actually working on an article this weekend about it's not done yet, but the perils of a messy desk. Because oh. I mean, I'm looking at my desk right now, and yeah. as I was writing the article, my three year old daughter was struggling to open up a bag of Skittles that honestly she shouldn't have had in the first place. <laughs> so she figures it out. And it explodes all over my desk. But I, all I could think was, what is Skittles? Like, what is their lingo or what's their motto? So I had to, I had to Google it. And all of a sudden I could hear, taste the rainbow. And so that worked its way into my blog article because I'm like, okay, I tasted the rainbow and now it's all over my desk. And I had to look for these little candies before the animals start finding them. And then I find Skittle poop all over my house. (laughs) So it's, yeah, but the, the jingles and the, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all over. Yeah, it's a really powerful way to move hearts and minds, right? To move hearts and minds, and for better or for worse, right? You know, we may all, I can date myself by singing jingles that I remember, you know, Oscar Mayer Wiener jingles. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> but, but they stick with us for a reason. So for those uh, who are really looking to make a big impact in the world, and, you know, finding a way to interweave song and sounds, and especially since that's part of my gift. So thank you again for that great question. We'll, we'll do more singing. I feel bad for my kids that they'll never know the Toys R I want to be a Toys R Us kid. Uh, my sons are now 13 and 17, and we had a whole grieving process uh-huh. around the end of Toys R Us last year. I yeah. didn't know yours were 13 and 17. My, yeah. my, they're about to be 13 and just turned 16. So yeah, yeah, we just had October birthdays. So we just turned 13 and 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. My husband and I just drove by Toys R Us. I won't even get into that. But I like the empty Toys R Us shell store. And I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, whole discussion there. But yeah, whole family. outings. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My nephews used to be taken there just to play because they didn't realize you could actually buy which is genius. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of play outings. Yeah. We used to go to the big one in um, New York city when I was teaching my, my oldest son and my husband would hang out at the toy store while I was teaching. And then we'd all drive home together. So Amazing. Good. Yeah. Michelle, I have loved this chat so much. I would love for you to share where listeners can find you online. And I want to know more about where I can find resources about getting on video. 
Oh, great. Yeah. Well, let's share. So people can find me at Michelle, uh, Michelle at michellecopper.com. They can go to michellecopper.com. Michelle is two L's and an E at the end and copper is with a K. And on the website there, I have a really fun quiz, the powerful presence profile to help you discover some of those strengths and uh, your next steps in being visible and being seen. And I'd love to share with your audience my uh, fast video formula. So many people struggle with what do I make a video about or how do I find that great content and how do I get started and feel confident like you mentioned that hit the record button and then oh no, what do I do? So the fast video formula is a great template for creating quick live content or even recorded content. So I'd love to just share that with your audience if we can here. Oh, in the- please. Yes, because I want it myself. <laughs> Yay! Great. We'll make that happen. I'd love to. Awesome. So listeners, the the links will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP544. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that many episodes in. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I can't even finish knitting a sweater, but I can manage to get 544 episodes into a podcast. (laughs) Again, your strengths, focusing on your strengths. Yep. (laughs) Thank you so much again, Michelle. This has been absolutely amazing. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? Uh, My uh, parting piece of advice would be that uh, your transformation happens in action. So get the support and the uh, tools that you need and don't wait to be ready, but rather act and take action, imperfect action, as as you might say to uh, get the clarity that you want. That would be my best advice, I think. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.